want to welcome in coach of Belmont, Casey Alexander, to the podcast. Coach, thanks for joining us today. Yeah, glad to do it. Thanks for asking. All right, I want to get right into this. I know you are super busy. You guys haven't been in the Missouri Valley for that long, just your second year in the league. Not so much comparing it to the Ohio Valley, but what are some of the challenges of playing in the Missouri Valley night in and night out? Yeah, well, it's just a better league, um, simply put. I think all the metrics uh, would indicate that. It's not just personal opinion. Uh, yeah, obviously, it was a great spot for us for 10 years, but um, but we've enjoyed our short stay in the Missouri Valley so far. Uh, but it has been much more difficult. You know, the league is constructed differently as far as, I mean, I think there's a high number of uh, defensive-oriented, defensive-minded coaches and style of play in this league, which is – in my opinion, unusual across the board. I mean, I don't think there are that many schools in the country that that fit that description, but the Valley is full of those kinds of teams, which means rosters are constructed differently, which means the style is different, which means the officiating is different, so it's a lot different. And how do you think your style of play has kind of translated over from the Ohio Valley? Have you had to change your identity a little bit, or are you just trying to drill in the same points? Yeah, I, I mean, I think we're – Offensively, we're a lot the same uh, as we always have been. Things do not come as easily. You know, we we are traditionally a pretty high tempo team, and we still are uh, on that end of the floor. And, and we're still doing largely what we've always done and playing the same way. Uh, you know, defensively, we've had to become a lot tougher, um, become a lot more physical. Um, you know, things like that. So that it's, it's more of a conversation uh, in our scouting reports and in our practices than it ever was before. Yeah, Coach, since we're on the topic of kind of like roster construction and identity, we're in this new age of college basketball where you have the portal, you have NIL, and you guys added Malik Dia into your uh, into your program this offseason. But you've also been kind of known for kind of these homegrown players that you've developed internally. You've sent multiple players to the NBA. In this new age of college basketball, how important is it to kind of sort of find that balance between adding transfers and then also continuing to emphasize internal development. Yeah, we have to do both. Uh, I mean, you know, we can't bury our head in the sand and say we're not going to learn and adapt, uh, adapt with the times, of course. Um, that would be foolish. But we also, you know, I think Belmont's had great success over the years um, doing it the way that we do it. And so as close as we can stay to that model, the better, um, you know, it's it, that mo the, the changes with the portal challenges our model significantly. I mean, you, you've already mentioned and you're absolutely correct. Uh, our success has largely come because we've had guys in the program for four or five years because we used to redshirt a lot of players and those guys have developed and the, you know, culture carries over from one season to the next. And so as much as we can maintain that, the better. So, for example, like we we still are always going to replace our seniors with an incoming freshman class. Uh, we're very committed to that. We're trying to get the best freshman that we can every season. Uh, but when we lose players to the portal, then, you know, then we have to replace them from the portal. Otherwise, we'd be freshman and sophomore Juco team every season. Yeah. And what would you say is kind of the most important aspect of the of this team's ability to uh, develop so well internally. I mean, obviously, with the way Kate Tyson has developed this year, and with um, Jacoby Gillespie as well. Just how has how does this program instill in the players just the ability to get better? Yeah, um, 
I'll put it this way, and I've said this a lot about Belmont. I mean, I, and I think it's true across the board. I mean, I think winning begets winning. You know, it's uh, it's hard to learn how to win uh, and to be a winning program. Um, and you can look at all levels and see the teams that are consistently winning, even though they have new faces or maybe even new coaches. Uh, you know, so I think that sustains us as much as anything. Um, and so in those dark moments or in those losing streaks or tough road trips or things like that, you know, we're consistently talking about just staying committed to who we are. You know, this is our formula for winning. This is, these are the things we need to get better. And there's a little bit more of a belief, you know, and so, um, you know, and so when you have guys like Cade and Jacoby that you mentioned, you know, who are your best players, you know, and they are, owning that message as well and leading with that message in mind, it just makes those turnarounds a little bit better. You know, we, it, it is harder. We've had more turnover. We've lost 10 guys to graduation in the last two years. Uh, you know, so that's, that's kind of a normal circumstance. And then you throw some transfers in there. We've had an unusually high number of new faces in our program in the last two years. And so, and it hasn't been easy, but, um, but that's how we've tried to overcome that. Yeah. Kind of on that topic, you mentioned some of, the things you guys talk about when times are tough, when you're turning things around, but you guys have won now six out of seven down the stretch here. And five of those wins have been by double digits. Can you talk about some of the keys to turning it around? Is it, is it more continuity kind of well, what's been going on? Cause you guys are playing as well as you have all year. You got an easy answer. Uh, Jacoby Gillespie missed eight games. And when he came back, we got a lot better. Uh, that's, that's the simple truth. Uh, and it is also, a little bit coincidental, ironic, whatever you want to call it. But, um, you know, our first half of the Missouri Valley schedule, it was it was front-loaded quite a bit. And I felt like our toughest games were, you know, were early. Uh, we played Indiana State twice in the first half. We played Drake, Bradley early. We played Drake early, you know. So we've had a little more favorable schedule that coincides with Jacoby Gillespie being back. Um, and so things have clicked kind of at the right time for us. Nothing magical about anything I've done. It's just worked out that way. And what do you think it is about Jacoby that just makes him so impactful and so important for, for this team? I mean, obviously he's a great player, but uh, like what specifically do you guys harp on that you felt you were missing without him? Well, he just, he makes the most plays on both ends, uh, you know, and, and so for on the defensive end, he's the guy that's most likely to be a deflection or a gap steal or, or, track down a rebound that turns into a transition basket, those kinds of things, just big plays. And then offensively, it's really the same thing. He, he's got a unique ability to get the ball to the rim. He's also really the passer. You know, he's just a playmaker, you know. So he, he kind of he, he relieves the burden for everybody else by the things that he can do on his own. Yeah, I know we, we've talked a lot about kind of your guys that are making a ton of impacts this year and Cade and Jacoby, but – you guys are still relatively young. You're starting three sophomores. You got more underclassmen off the bench. How is imp how important is it that you have two guys like Keyshawn Davidson and Jace Willingham that kind of are, are your senior leaders, maybe not to say that your younger guys aren't leaders, but just that you have those upperclassmen on your team? Yeah, it's been huge. Uh, you know, both of those guys are transfers. Jace is a division two, Willingham's a division two transfer that's in his sixth season. And then Keyshawn's a you know transfer from Tennessee Tech. It's in his fifth season, and so their their age, their experience, kind of their know how has been really important for our team. They've both been good players. They've both played their roles extremely well. But it's it's having some experience on our roster has been really really important. We have no juniors. 
you know, so, I mean, that's weird. We've got to be down there at the bottom as far as far as, you know, juniors and seniors. I mean, we have two senior whole juniors. That's pretty young these days, especially in the COVID era that we're still dealing with. Coming up on, obviously, the Missouri Valley Tournament Arch Madness, you guys lost in a heartbreaker last year against Indiana State. What did you learn from your first experience in Arch Madness that you guys are going to take this year and potentially go on a deeper run? Yeah, I'll say this. I, I learned, I mean, it's a it's an awesome environment. It's an awesome experience. I think the tournament is everything that it's cracked up to be. And, you know, that's the reason why, you know, it's I think behind the Big East is the second longest running tournament, you know, in the same location in St. Louis. And so it's been it was really a lot of fun. And I think I think most tournament games, regardless of level, league, location, uh, are gonna be kind of grind it out they're going to let you play you know it's it's kind of a king of the hill moment you know and um and so we just got to be a little bit a little bit more ready for that this go around you know it's gonna it's a tough task for sure regardless of seed it's a it's a tough bracket to get through but it's doable thank goodness and obviously last year coming against indiana state who has been the talk of the league this year i mean what what do you from your from a coach's perspective what has just made indiana state go just be so impressive on the offensive end and what makes them hard to play against yeah multiple things uh, i mean josh's shirts is a, is a really smart committed offensive minded coach I and mean, he did that at the division two level for a long time uh he, he does a great job of assembling his roster and having the right play uh, pieces in the right places uh you know they don't have a lot of depth um, but I, it, it seems to me that they're you know, their roles are very well defined and more so than being defined, his players seem to really own those roles and take a lot of pride and and how all those puzzle those pieces fit together. I mean, they got good players, you know, so you put all that together and it makes it a um, pretty large nightmare to try to match up with. Coach, back to the conference tournament real quick. That's one of the rare occurrences where if you keep winning, you're just pl- you're playing the next day. You're playing on these one day scouts. What are some of the challenges um, on playing on one day scouts versus a regular season schedule where you got three or four days in between every game? Yeah, I, I mean, there's definitely challenges, but we've played, you know, everybody twice with the exception of Bradley and Evansville will only be once uh, play Evansville on Sunday. So if we see them in a tournament, that'll be a quick turnaround. It'll be quite a challenge, but I think it's more of, a, of the physical um, mental challenge of turning around and playing the next day than it is, you know, having to get ready and prepare, you know, for a scouting report and so forth. You know, by the time you've played 30 plus games and and you've already played most of these teams twice, there's there's not a lot of surprises, you know, so you, you ought to be able to quickly get back into the, here's how we guard this, here's what we're going to do on this, you know, and get yourself ready to play. Coach, one last thing. I'll also Don't say this about that. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I, I do think that's also where some experience comes in. You know, the older your team is, the easier it is to, you know, handle surprises that might come in the tournament or recognize an action or a play or a set, and this is how we guard it. You know, so that's that's one thing that young teams are going to struggle with more than old teams. Yeah, that's actually a really good point because I remember last year Brian Wardle talking about in a couple of their press conferences how like they recognized like they had older players that were able to recognize right away what other teams were doing and. Of course, they were in two battles with Northern Iowa and Indiana State last year in their first two games there. So that's actually a really good point. Coach, one last thing before we let you go. Belmont, fill in the blank. Belmont will 
win the Missouri Valley Tournament if? We defend. You know, I trust our offense. I think our offensive numbers are, you know, by and large, you know, we find a way to get it done on that end of the floor. Uh, and the games where we've been good defensively, we've won the vast majority of those games. And the games where we haven't, we've been, we have not won very many at all. So it literally, in my opinion, comes down to that end of the floor. Coach, thanks so much for joining us today. Good luck this weekend, and then good luck next weekend in St. Louis. I enjoyed it. I appreciate you guys. Season four, episode 50 of Brackets, Bubbles, and Bid Steelers. I am Sam Betterman. That below me. Let, let, let me change this. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry, Pat. You're getting demoted. That, ah. is, that is Jonathan Blitzkin. That below me. No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Dallahan. Yeah. That shot did not go in. That does not count as a shot made. So, the first thing I want to discuss, Jonathan, you sent this in the group chat. Bring it up. What I said in the group chat? Yeah. My, my last text was, can't hear the interview, Sam. What did I bring up in the group chat? You sent oh, it. Is it the tweet from Nico? Yes, the tweet. Yeah. So, Nico, who... Friend of Very the much show. a friend of the program, Nico. Set, Not just tonight. a friend of the program, a former Brackets Bubbles and Bid Steelers co-host. True. The initial Brackets Bubbles and Bid Steelers co-host, actually. He said on Twitter today, he asked, if you counted every shot you've made on a basketball hoop in your entire life, how many career points do you think you have? And I thought it was an interesting question. Obviously, completely not measurable at all. I mean, technically, it's measurable. It, it's shots it's made on um, bracket, brackets, bubbles, and bid stealers. Ready? It's going to be one. Does this count as one or two? That's one. Free, free throw. One. We're counting it as one. Two. Oh, okay, oh, I missed. I missed the third. Jesus. I missed. Yeah, you look like fucking twenty-one, twenty-two. There we go. POV. There's a reason we're podcasters and not athletes. I went. I went two for three. First off, and Sam is shooting like Caleb Love. Sam's shooting like Caleb Love at the end of Baylor. You and not Caleb Love. R.J. Davis. All right, that's better. So. You, you compare me to Caleb Love, you're getting the boot. I um I think we were gonna let this man contribute on our website. Unbelievable. So I don't care that you misspoke. You compared me to my least favorite player in college basketball. So not even just college basketball, in college basketball history. I took a little small sample. You're in timeout, Pat. He, he gets five minutes. I took a little sample size from this past summer just to like try to figure this out. This past summer is the most I've ever probably played basketball consistently in like a three month stretch or at least an extended period of time. From my calculations, just from like the basket, because I did like basketball workouts like four or five times a week this summer, okay. just from my calculations. I scored in in those basketball workouts 
close to 7,000 points this summer. Oh, wow. And there's legit math behind that. This isn't just, isn't just me guessing. So 7,000 points is a lot. That, I don't think like, I've scored. I don't. I don't think I've scored seven thousand points in the last five years. Not me. Obviously, sorry, like, I quit basketball in seventh grade. I don't think I've scored seven thousand points since <laughs> I quit basketball. So, based off just that, I would guess that I have scored somewhere between one hundred and fifty and two hundred thousand points. I would say that's probably a fair tally. I'm probably somewhere up there as well because I used to spend hours in my basement with six-foot hoops. Like, I don't think people realize when they're answering this question how many times you just, like, randomly take shots. Like, did, I had did, a, I had two six-foot hoops in my basement since I was Nico, three years old. Did Nico answer whether it had to count on 10 feet or no? I texted him. He said no. So, like, pool basketball also counts. Yeah, theoretically. Because, like, I'd go to Arizona and to visit my grandparents, and they had a pool and a basketball hoop that we played on in their pool. I'm going to guess I probably scored, like, 500 points every trip on that, on that hoop. 250 baskets per trip? Three, threes count too, obviously. We 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 hit we hit some de- we had a decent amount of threes. What was the three point line? I think we had to be like further than like a certain step uh, entering the pool. I, I I don't I don't I don't think you can self institute a three point line if there's no line painted. Okay. Now the I'm line in my basement I'm, is like. I'm still telling. I'm, I'm still telling you we probably made I probably made like 250 shots a trip. All right, I would say if I had to guess, I scored 135,000 to 150,000 points in my life. You are on thin ice, buddy. You are on the thinnest okay. ice possible. You okay, okay. hockey for a decade. You should know how thin the ice gets. Okay. Uh, my answer, I would have... <laughs> Dude, enough. All right. Get him, get him on. I actually want to hear his answer. I, so, own you. I, would... I, told, I told Sam to keep you on because I wanted to hear your answer. No, no, no. I, he yeah. I heard. I, um, I, I yeah. just did that for fun, if I'm being honest. Um, so I would have one free p- at school during a free period you could go do whatever you want and i would always go shoot so for five i did five down man like you were you were like juggling it's on my lap i don't like have a desk it's weird find one Um, i i don't i'm not gonna argue because i am on thin ice um you're not gonna argue but you're not gonna do it either i don't have a desk man i don't know what to tell you Find one. Anyways, I'm going to give my answer. Um, I would have a free, at least one free period a day for five years. I know Sam and I were talking about repeating in high school. I repeated in high school. Um, and each one would be 55 minutes. Huh? You also peaked I did not peak in high school. I did not peak in high school. school. 
You can't call ESPN I Plus games four it. years. You absolutely peaked in high school. That's a school rule, man. I can't control that. Yeah, you chose to go there. That's the sign that someone I didn't know the rule. School. I didn't know that was a rule. Why are you coming at my neck right now, man? Because you called me Caleb Love. I misspoke. I meant to say. I don't R. care. R. You Davis still called me Caleb Love. Jesus, man. Get over yourself. Um. Anyways. Anyways. So I would have at least one free period a day uh, for five years. Senior year, I had two. And I would always shoot around in those free periods. So I have zero idea how many shots that was over five years. Probably like 10,000 shots that I shot. Maybe, maybe more. Um, and that's not even counting middle school, just going outside in the driveway, going in the pool. So if I had to guess how many points I had, Jonathan, what was your, what was your estimate? Uh, somewhere between 150 and 200,000. Yeah, I'd say I'm somewhere like one. 20 maybe oh that's on like the high side because i managed our high school basketball team i would go to rec basketball every every like winter go play around pay attention to the bottom of the ticker i mean in uh, in almost every single sport in every sport fundamentally untrue i mean i don't know if it's true i just looked up who avon old farm's biggest rival is I mean, we've won we've won thirty two league championships in baseball. To there, I actually did find a solid surface that I can use. Um, thirty two league championships to their uh, zero in baseball. Okay, nine New England championships. That's honestly sad. You you um, should spot them a few of yours. You don't need all of them. I mean, no. When we had George Springer for three years, we went on a little bit of a run there. We we had. Um, Pat, at least Pat. actually, this isn't bath. This isn't basketball related. Let's not talk about it. This not is the podcast related. where we talk about Tyler Self's employment. We've gone way okay. further than that. Um, it's not an invitation for you to keep going. By the way, no, yeah. because you are. I know. Thin I stopped it. I stopped it. I by the way, we are twenty-six said- minutes into this podcast. We are twenty-six minutes into this podcast. And we have gotten nothing done except for play an interview. And there are still six people watching this. Let's talk. Yeah, if, you made, if you made it, made it through this, like we appreciate it. If you if you've made it through all of this, you must be entitled to some sort of compensation. <laughs> I don't, not financial. Not financial. Do not quote me. Free, free pizza. I, I was no. About to say, me. <laughs> No, it's not the free pizza. I made a basket, by the way. I'm up to 137,428 points for my lifetime. I was I was about to say maybe the compensation can be some of the Dennis Gates buyout that every Mizzou fan seems to think they're paying. $25 million? Yeah, I think it might be 25 and a half. What's, what's going on with that? I saw you they tweeting suck. about that. Why are, I know they – no, no, no. I know they suck. Get a mic. But he's got a couple. He's got a couple more years. Get a mic. I can't do anything with this guy anymore. <laughs> You're getting exactly. Right Gorham losing must have put me in a mood. I don't uh, even go there. I don't even Pat, care. Pat, to answer your question, Mizzou fans like want Dennis Gates fired and his buyout's twenty five and a half million dollars. They're not paying twenty five and a half million dollars to buy out a basketball coach. Nor are they paying right. higher than like fifteen million dollars to buy out. A They're basketball. not. 
I'm not sure they're paying $25 million to fire a football coach. Like, Chris Holtman's buyout was what? Like, $14 14. million? 14 and that was absurd. Yeah. And that's, like, new AD coming in. Like, everyone knew it. School is made of money. Missoula has money. They don't have Ohio State money. Yeah. Which is sad because they're in the SEC, but it's also not sad because Ohio State's Ohio State. Right. Anyway, we got a bunch of mid-major conference tournament brackets that have come out. The Jerome. First week is due tomorrow. Ladies and gentlemen, is it time to break it down? I think it is. This is Brackets, Bubbles, and Bitch Stores, the only college basketball podcast where we will talk about mid-major basketball so much that you will freak out. What um, is the account that does the brackets? It's uh, the Jerome. Wait, hold on. Not the Jerome. It's a new one. Which, which, which account tweets out all the brackets? I have no idea. I, I mean, I know, like, you can just go on bball.nothing.net and find them. Um, hold on. Well, there's the field of 68. How do you look in orange? <laughs> do we use that, though? Um, does he ch- did he check it out, tweet them out? I don't know. Let's just use the field of 68. There's nothing wrong with it. Great company, by the way. They do great coverage. It's just that, um, <laughs> it's just that sometimes it's, um, they make themselves a big target. Let's put it that way. I heard you will be getting sued. Is your source Rob Topster? Sam and I, Sam and I did that entire, entire text thread on Instagram without fail. We got every single message right down to the punctuation. It was perfect. <laughs> no, I, I screwed up. I screwed up one of them. Which one? I don't remember, but as any good performer does. Can you read any of that? Yes. Yeah. You can, I can't. You want to find a different one? I wonder how um wonder how the bracket looks in orange. Christ. Maybe heat check has been tweeting him out. Can I get a heat check? This is the worst pod we've ever done, and it's not even close. And we started it with an interview of a head coach. All right, let's just let's just figure this out. We're not even going to put the brackets up because we're going to assume you know what they are. If you're watching Brackets, Bubbles, and Bits Studios, you've already seen all the brackets. Let's be honest here. <laughs> yeah, I don't doubt that. I apologize to anybody, anybody and everybody that is listening to this. Um, after the fact, because you don't deserve this. You are a hero, and you do not deserve to. Let's get right into this. Yeah, I agree. Jonathan. Yeah. I have a take about the A-Sun. Do you? I think Austin P is going to win it. I was kind of thinking that, too. I, 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 don't think... know if I'll, I don't know if I'll end up picking them, but they're certainly, like, 
my second choice. I was texting with Nick, who is obviously in the league. Yeah. And I was like, look, I'm telling you, I think Eastern Kentucky is good, but I think Austin P is the most talented team in that league. And Austin P just lost to them. Sorry, Austin P just beat them. Austin P is has won seven of eight. Their only loss is against Lipscomb, who's one of the best teams in the league. They got a home game against North Florida on Tuesday. In their last game against North Florida, they won in double overtime. Um, so I think they can do that. Austin P went nine and twenty-two this year. They've won seventeen games this year. Remember, we were ready to go like up on twenty on that over/under. Yeah, this we is were. a legit good basketball team that had a rough start to the season. I believe that their offense is one of the best in this conference. It is, in fact, the number two offense in the conference. They have maybe two of the three best players in the – okay, probably not two of the three. They definitely have two of the 10 or 15 best players in this conference in uh, DeMarcus Sharp and Jamonta Black. Um, Even though Black kind of has been a little inconsistent this year and he's struggling a little bit right now, I still think he's a stud. And obviously DeMarcus Sharp is one of the best players in the conference now that he's back from, from injury. They've been working him back. He played the last two games. Cy Witt has really broken out. Desi Jones is a stud um, who's been really good when Jam- when um, DeMarcus Sharp was out. And they did a lot of that winning when DeMarcus Sharp was injured. So now that he's back, they're even more dangerous. I think Austin P with Corey Gibson at the helm is going to take home the A-Sun Championship. Make the NCAA tournament for the first time since Jonathan, you know? 2012, 2011? 2016, when their head coach was Dave Luce. They had, let's see if you remember any of these names. Josh Robinson, Chris Horton, Khalil Davis, Kenny Jones, and Jared Savage. Nothing ringing a bell. Was that when they, yeah. they were in the OVC, weren't they? Yeah, and they lost by 30, they lost by 25 to Kansas that year. I actually knew that they played Kansas that year. Nice. Weird, weirdly. Do you know? Who I don't Kansas know. I still think the... I. I still Jonathan, think I want to take. Take... Don't answer, Jonathan. Do you know who Kansas played in the second round? I actually don't think I know this. Pat, answer. So UConn. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. That's why I said Pat. Don't answer. Yeah, I remember that game. I was actually playing golf before that game started. I think during the first half of that game. Yeah, I'm, I was on spring break for that game. I wasn't committed. I wasn't committed yet. Was it close? Eh. We led in the first half. Now, we were down 25 at the end of the first half. We only yeah, lost. I mean, was that the last, I mean, that was, that was that the last Kansas... year they made the tournament with Ollie? Yeah. yeah that was. Because yeah. their, their next three years the under next... Ollie. Do you know how many games they won in their next three years under Ollie? Not many. Sorry, their next two years under Ollie. Because the they 2017 won was the Jalen Adams buzzer beater against um, Cincinnati. Cincinnati. No, that that was 2016. Yeah. Was it? Yeah, that's 2016. I was packing for camp. They needed it in order to make the NCAA tournament. They then beat a really solid Temple team um, that was like 14. Ah. Oh, come on, you weren't a Temple fan. No, I wasn't. But in retrospect, I would have loved to have that now. Why? What do you gain from it? Uh, not watching a second-to-last team in the American Conference. 
No, but they didn't go for. But they still. Oh, I'm talking about like they like. I'm I'm talking about the fact that they won that like if they won that particular game. Yeah. I still think I'm going to take Eastern Kentucky here. They're they're rim prote- protection with Coast. Been a terrible podcast. Oh my god. No, but Cozart's so good. I mean, yeah, Zay Cozart is the best rim protector in college basketball in terms of block per game. Yeah, I mean, best two point defense in the conference. It's not even really. Yeah, awesome. I mean, like they they had a they had like an unsustainably bad three point defense in non conference play. Like even like seven games in the conference play, they were still three sixty two in three point defense, even though they were first in the conference. This is also this is also a league that recedes, by the way. So like, they could uh, Austin P and Eastern Kentucky could theoretically not meet until the championship if things go their way. All right, so um, Pat. Yeah, I just picked Eastern Kentucky purely because I just think they're the best team in the league analytically. Um, the the gap between their offense and defense isn't that bad. I mean, you look at Austin P, second in the com- in the conference in offense according to Ken Palm, but then you look at their defense and you see that they're sitting in dead last. And I just don't love that from winning games in a postseason scenario. Um, they're going to put up a lot of points. They're going to outscore their opponents, but whether they're able to stop their opponents from scoring is an entirely different conversation. Um, you mentioned Jonathan mentioned that Eastern Eastern Kentucky has some of the best uh, interior defenses, interior defense in the, in the conference, if not the best. So that matters to me coming down the stretch. So I, I'm going to go with Eastern Kentucky. It's the easy pick. It's the chalk pick in the A-Sun, but I think it's the right one. To the Sun Belt. Jonathan, I know you have a pretty strong take about this conference. I wouldn't say it's a strong take about the conference Well, well at one point it was a strong take. About the conference overall? No, about one of the teams in it. Well, yeah, I was going to say. I mean, like, I still don't think James Madison is, like, particularly that great. Well, remember, they were ranked in the top 25 for, like, four straight weeks. And then I'm nobody aware. has mentioned them since. I'm aware. I mean, they didn't lose a non-conference game. In fact, they didn't lose a game until January 6th when they lost at Southern Miss. Worst so. thing that happened. <laughs> worst thing yeah. that happened. I knew you were going to say that. I knew uh, you were worst thing that. that happened in Virginia. Worst thing that happened in Virginia on January 6th ever. Don't look it but up. I mean, Don't look it up. That wasn't it wasn't Virginia. Worst thing that happened in the Virginia region. Yeah, in the DMV. Nope. Harrisonburg is not the DMV. Ah. The DMV is the DC Metro. Plus Baltimore Metro. So I'd always I just, be told it was DC, Maryland, Virginia. Anyways, it doesn't matter. No, I don't, is, think, I don't think James Madison. Like I don't think James Madison is a bad team for that league at all. I don't think they're a bad mid-major team, but they never deserve to really be in the top twenty-five. And I don't know. I don't know who this is commenting that like James Madison's the clear winner of this conference, but they got swept by App State, who won the, who won the league. Oh, it's a Temple account. Temple takeoff. My take. My take. So I'm I'm incredible. I'm taking App State. It's incredibly yeah. hard to beat the same team three times. Both of those games were. Very I don't disagree. But hold on. Both of those games were very close. In the first game, 
James Madison came all the way back to make a, to, to take the lead and only lose by four. In the second game, James Madison didn't lead very much, but it was only a six-point game. It was close the whole way for most of it. And App State shot 40% from three in that game. James Madison is the number one, um, number two three-point defense in the conference. I think, especially, I think offensively, James Madison is underrated. I think people have mm-hmm. maybe forgotten how good they are. For sure. that reason, I, I think those are all fair statements. I'm going to take James Madison to win the Sun Belt tournament. They have, I, I don't think Troy is a huge challenge. I honestly would be a little bit more scared of Southern Miss. Um, I think at their ceiling, they're really, really good. And that's nothing against Troy. Troy's really good, but they've kind of stumbled, lost twice to Arkansas State, who I think is pretty solid. But Southern Miss, like they've lost a bunch, but at their best, they can be really, oh, is Austin Crawley out? If Austin Crawley is out, then never mind. Oh, and Donovan Ivory's out too. Yeah, never mind what I was saying about Southern Miss. Yeah, uh, I think Troy has been Donovan, playing. You commented on um, YouTube. This is on Twitter. Oh, uh, I just I'm logged in on YouTube. I think. I don't know. I don't know how to fix it. I'm Pat go. Who's winning? I think again, James Madison is marginally worse than than App State on defense, but they're two spots, three spots higher on Ken Palm. And you mentioned that people are kind of forgetting how good they are because you know they everybody got so high on them in the non conference. So like, they're twenty eight and three. Four. They are twenty. Well, if they're twenty eight and three, that means they're probably going to blow it. Yeah. But also to your point, it's it's really hard to beat the same team three times. That's a lot of tape you have on them after two games and how they match your sets, how you match their sets, you know, where do they try to go in certain situations? That's a lot of tape and you can really get an understanding of their tendencies. Do what? What? Do you guys hear Narco, the Edwin Diaz song in the background? No. Someone's playing it down the hall. I feel like running out there like I'm Edwin Diaz. Well, someone's about to go blow a lead in the ninth inning. No, nobody's um, going to stop you. I mean, the fact that I've locked the door and don't exactly know where my key is right now will. Smart. Anyways, I yeah, it, it kind of goes back to the East Carolina thing, Austin P thing, but I think James Madison a little bit more balanced and the fact that I just don't think that App State beats them three times in a single season. Like I, I just don't, I just don't think that happens. It's hard to do, especially when they're as even as they are. I think you guys both make good points. Yeah. Still rolling with my Mountaineers, baby. Yeah, I mean, it's not a bad pick. You could honestly go either way. It just depends on what you value. Now you're taking you the it. defense more. Yeah. Now you can really hear it. All right, Sam, do you want to go on to the next conference? What is the next conference? On the Jerome, it is... No, not on the Jerome. On Field of 68. 
It's the Coastal Athletic Association. Do you guys see yeah. the bracket? You know, Sam knows who I'm going to pick. Sam knows who I'm going to pick. Spell it. Spell it. D-A-A-L-A-I-S. The most famous the most famous basketball court in University City. Yes. The Drexel Dragons, Zach Spiker. I really do think that they will win the conference. Um, it what, took if them a while play, what, what if this – should they play the CAA tournament at Daskalakis? Yes, and it it would sell out. They should play the PCL final at the Daskalakis. Yes, Sam. they should play the PCL <laughs> final at Daskalakis. I'm clipping this and sending it to everybody in Philly. Please – Please don't. Please don't. <laughs> I would lose all of my credibility among Philadelphia basketball people. Please don't. I am. I am. If Aaron Bracey sees this, I'm cooked. I'm, I'm cooked. I'm finished. <laughs> don't, don't disrespect the legend right there. Mr. No, Hashtag 0304 St. Joe's book. I'm not disrespecting him. I, I, he's tremendous. Right? Hashtag 0304 St. Joe's book. Have a great day today. Um, Anyways, yeah, Drexel. I mean, their defense, the Zach Spiker special is their defense. Um, and where do they play? The the, de- the Center. But this year, coming into the year, I said on radio, I said on this show, what was going to be the difference was their offense. Last year, they were in the mid-200s, low 200s, or the high 200s of offense in the country and this year they've got that ranking down they're 149 they're 149 which is a big improvement for them they've in the past couple of years they've really struggled on offense and i think amari williams is as impactful player to his team as you'll find in the northeast i mean defensively he is an awesome 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 defender luke house is a microwave for drexel i mean justin moore can't really shoot from outside but as far as inside scoring goes He's one of the best in the CAA, and I just think that their defense is too strong to, to you know, falter in, in, in the CAA. Plus, they have the best home court advantage in maybe all of America, the Daskalakis Center. Yeah, Daskalakis Athletic Center. How many times have you been? I've actually only been once. I went for the I Temple Drexel game. More. No, but the Temple Drexel game was the best environment that that gym has seen in a really long time. It was awesome. Streamers they after the first basket. They sold out, I think, against Delaware this year. They sold out against Temple too, and it was phenomenal. Temple won a game because Amari Williams missed the last second layup. It was it was yeah, great. It was hot Temple fans, so it doesn't count. It was still it was still an awesome environment. Anyways, I'm going with the Dragons. Awesome. Sam, are you taking Drexel too? No, no, I'm not either. If if this oh, game were boom. played at University City's most famous arena, I would take Drexel, but it will not be played at University City's most famous arena. It will be played in Washington D.C.'s like fifth most famous arena. <laughs> <laughs> Do you even know where this game played? Yeah, no it's idea. Played at the capital, the Capital City Go Go's arena. Yes, you know what it's called. I haven't a clue. Is that is that where that the old train station used to be? Is that that's no, where the, it's called wait for this. Entertainment and sports arena. Yep, that's awesome. That rocks. Is, is that like a is that 
Is that like a sponsor or is that just like the name of it? <laughs> Ent- Entertainment 720. Dude, I don't know. I've never been to Washington, D.C. Really? Yeah, no, never have. Actually, no, you're Chicago. You're a Chicago guy. Yeah, you know where he lives? I, I haven't been to Northeast, yeah. like a lot of Northeast cities. Actually, I haven't been to any Northeast cities, like in general. We're getting you to uh, next I've year. I've never been to New York. Year, no. Jonathan Lidskin is coming to the Daskalakis Center. We are getting him chicken tenders and fries at the Daskalakis Center no, in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. A hoagie from Wawa across the street. It's the street, yeah. The Wawa across the street. I saw uh, somebody rob rob that Wawa when I was there. It was really funny. You for real? Yeah. Well, here's the thing about Wawa. You I can play steal, about right now. You, so it was this guy. He had two backpacks. He ordered, So the way it works is you order a sandwich at the kiosk. It prints a receipt. You go. We've been to Wawa. It rings you up. I know. Well, Jonathan has it. He's a loser. Be nice. Have you ever Anyways, had Portillo's? So, Actually, you have. Yes, I have had Portillo's. Anyways, anyways. They just I am didn't. throwing out zingers today. They're not good zingers, they, but I am throwing them out. But they did they did they just didn't like ring him up, and he still somehow, one way or another, got his chicken sandwich. So he takes it as he's stepping out. Somebody goes, Hey, you're gonna pay for that? He goes, No. And then he just walks away. Nobody bothers going after him. <laughs> That's just how Wawa works. That is you, the most Wawa you. thing that I have ever. They don't. Heard. They don't stop you. They. What? I always again. I always pay. I love my city and I love Wawa. I want the company to thrive. So I always pay. Yeah, that's where I live. Where my family's from. Yeah, Temple Takeoff. That's Lucas. He commented, "Wawa is known as walk away with anything." You can next time I go to Wawa, I will walk. Oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> they will. They Tim. They will not stop you. They don't care. <laughs> well, okay. Is that only for Wawa's in Philly? Can I do this? On- no. It, 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 you could do this in the suburbs. You could you okay, do this at the Wawa's in Florida. I will be going Florida. to Wawa in Atlantic City and around Atlantic City as I'm driving. Oh, 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 okay. Especially in AC. What? They're not going to think twice. <laughs> okay. uh, the Sam Fetterman okay. vlogs. I mean, on the drive to Atlantic City. Somewhere on the Garden State Parkway. The Sam, the Sam Fetterman vlogs, episode one, someone is drunk. Episode not, two, not somebody lie, asked me for money. Not going to lie, this entire, like, Wawa conversation is, like, major them behavior. <laughs> Are you serious? Like, major them behavior. You've never had Wawa, if, if that's your take. You're right, it's, I've it's, never I had mean, Wawa. Wawa, Wawa is, is phenomenal it's, it's more than just food it's, Honestly, a cult- it's, 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 a, it's a cultural experience Dude, that's university city has a wawa and a canes is that I like why yeah. i didn't apply to drexel well the temple can't temple used to have a wawa but it closed because there was so much stealing that went on <laughs> uh, which is pretty on par there, temple, no canes. So there's there's no canes. Canes there. there is a canes there is a canes a temple oh yes there is i go there really? all the time yeah is where's the nearest montgomery uh, probably the one at uh, UC because the one in Temple was closed. Really recently, yeah. Damn. I guess I, I guess there I'm aren't not that many Wawa. There, there aren't that many Wawas in Philly. Anyways, we're way off the rails right now. But are we? This is this is this is the greatest show we've ever done. Jonathan, yeah. what, what is your take on 
what is your take on that type of fast food? Like gas station fast food, but like good gas. Is like from what I'm kind of gathering, like is Wawa like the Northeast Bucky's? No. Yeah, but there's not brisket. There's not brisket. There's not like barbecue. Bucky's Bucky's is is unique. I went to Bucky's. Bucky's is even more. Bucky's is even more of a cultural experience. Do you know what Sheets is? I'll say that. No. Sheets is fine. Sheets is Sheets is. I actually. I'm actually gonna come out and say it. Yeah. Um. Royal Farms. Royal Farms. You know Royal Farms. Yeah, I know. I know Cumberland Farms. I know Royal Farms. Cumberland Farms is trash. I don't feel like Cumberland Farms is mid. It's not trash. It's trash. No, it's garbage. I don't feel like the Midwest has this stuff. Really? Like, which, would, which is shocking considering like right, the, the like highways you, and stuff. You would you would think that's the place that like definitely has like these like huge gas stations. No, it's not huge. Wawa's not huge. It's yeah. It's I don't like know. I went to CVS. I went to Bucky's for the first time. Um, I went to Bucky's for the first time when I went to the Georgia Mizzou game earlier this year. Dude, that was a cultural experience. Look up Wawa. You'll see what Wawa okay. is. It's really good though. Like Wawa is an excellent place. I'll to wait get till, I guess I'll wait till packets back to make my my CAA pick. Here. No, don't don't. Okay, hold on. Mine is Charleston. This this looks pretty good. Yeah, um, they've won a lot of games in a row. Uh, there's a team that. I think is really well coached that does not that that doesn't have a ton of depth, but they have two like two superstars that I'm picking to win the league. And I like their draw in this tournament too. I'm taking Hofstra. Really? Yeah. They were now, my, con- my concern is winning three games in three days with essentially no bench. Yeah, it's Little... I mean, I don't think Khalil Farmer is great. Yeah, I, I don't. Blame, I don't think I don't blame you Robinson is ready the... right now with the way he's been playing recently. I kind of think he's been disappointing during conference play. I, I still think he's going to be a star in the future. Um, Silas Sunday has grown, but they don't really play him a ton. Um, what's what's the slogan? Silas Sunday Saturday. Oh, 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 oh. We are six. We we are just seven days away. Assuming that you're listening to this after midnight tonight. We are seven days away from the first Silas Sunday Sunday <laughs> of the season. Pat, unmute yourself. I did. We uh we both I made our CAA that. picks while you were gone. Did you both uh, pick? Well, I'm getting Sam picked Charleston. I know that. Yeah, I did not pick you Charleston. See, I picked Austria. Speedy Claxton, like that pick. I feel like wins of 13. Feel like no, sorry, 11 of 14. I, feel I was like definitely a lot. Brett, friend of the program. I do like Wilmington um, a lot, but I have my doubts about them beating Towson, then Charleston, and then whoever comes out of that other side in conse- consecutive games. Drexler. I was texting with Dylan Brett yesterday. He said, imagine telling me that in January my basketball team would win 11 of 13 games. <laughs> and I was like, weren't they down at the half to Hampton? And he was like, yeah, by double digits. 
Do you know what Hampton finished in CAA? No. Aren't they like awful? They're three and fifteen. They're three hundred thirty-sixth in Ken Palm. When I saw them in person, they lost ninety-nine to sixty-five at the Daskalakis Athletic Center, the most famous arena that is across the street from Wawa. Yes. Also, just straight up the most famous arena. No notes. Um. Um. Speaking of Philadelphia basketball arenas, R.I.P. Tom Gola Arena. Oh my God. To two thousand twenty-four. Tom Gola Arena was the previous most iconic venue in the country, but now it's Daskalakis. I mean, what other what other arena in college basketball will you find with the with a neon LaSalle sign with the smoke machine well, under probably it? Probably not any other yeah, arena going down with neon LaSalle sign. Given that they're not LaSalle's arena. I'll amend it. A neon sign with a smoke machine under it that was broken the more than half the time. No, yeah, absolutely. Tom Gola Arena is the most iconic arena in all of college basketball. Port, Port, Lashes, close Luke, behind. Lucas, who is Temple Takeoff, who's commenting in the chat for Luke, he's not in on the joke. The it's Dask- not a joke. <sighs> the Daskalakis is great. It's an awesome place to catch a game. I actually, I actually haven't watched a game at Gola. I've been to a practice there. Joe Mahalik invited me. It's not a joke, says the kid who told me the other day that the A-10 tournament should be played at the Palestra. <laughs> well, it should, just because Daskalakis isn't big enough. He's cooking. I smell. I see the vision. He's cooking. Daskalakis isn't big enough. Wells Fargo is too big. They should host every Philadelphia college basketball game at yeah. the Daskalakis. Yeah, instead, instead they play it at freaking Barclays to please who exactly? Well, now it's now it's Boardwalk Hall, which is where the A10 used to play. Good. Yeah, they used, halls. the A10 used to play their tournament in Atlantic City. Yes, they did. I'm sure that every St. Louis fan that went there really enjoyed that drive on the um, on the um, Atlantic City Expressway well, from Philly after their two hour flight. Um. I'm sure that they really enjoyed that going. Well, Travis Ford enjoyed the other activities. Well, Travis Ford wasn't the coach at the true time. That, true that. True that. I wish I, Travis Ford would have loved Atlantic City. Oh, yeah. Tony Patelis would have some wild tweets about Travis Dude, Ford in Atlantic City. City. <laughs> Tony Patelis definitely said, hey, I'm going to the back tournament. It was like 2.20 in the morning. And he's like, God, I'm so drunk. Just saw just saw Travis Ford chugging pens oil outside of the Donald Trump casino in Atlantic City. Just <laughs> just saw Travis Ford at the Golden Nugget. He didn't have shoes on. Will <laughs> those are my favorite tweets ever. It's and it's always it's always someone new. Is is Pete Gillen alive? Tony Patelis alive and well. <laughs> Oh he, he is incredible. There's just Kevin, do you know what his most recent one was? What? Just saw Kevin Stallings yelling at a trash can drinking Boone's bar outside of the Dollar Tree. Weird scene. I let, let's, let's hold on. Let's I I there's some pretty funny ones. 
Just saw Penny Hardaway cap- <laughs> chugging Captain Morgan in front of a Panera bread. <laughs> no, 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 I got a better one. 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 Unhinged. <laughs> Just saw Penny Hardaway drinking from the gas pump at Sunoco. <laughs> 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 Just saw a horrific car crash, and the first thing that popped into my head was the Atlantic 10. (laughs) I mean, just saw Joe Lenardi (laughs) drinking malt liquor outside of Costco. Looked a tad bit unhinged. Just saw Sean Miller at the Cheesecake Factory at the Polaris Mall in Columbus, Ohio. He ordered the fried macaroni and cheese. <laughs> he was also sweating profusely. Just saw Kenny Payne at Market Basket. <laughs> Doesn't look happy. Wait, he saw he saw him at Market Basket. Market Basket. Market Basket. Just saw Jay. Just saw Jay Young at Stop and Shop. <laughs> Didn't seem friendly. Just saw Andy Katz at Hobby Lobby. Wasn't very friendly. <laughs> Just saw Juwan Howard talking to the soda fountain at McDonald's. <laughs> um, I'm, Tony- I'm surprised he didn't say trying to fight the soda machine. <laughs> yeah, true. Just saw Tony Stubblefield drinking heavily at Olive Garden. Not a good Just team. saw Rick Pitino stumble out of it after hours. Not sure he makes it to the game today. Just saw Joe Lenardi panhandling in front of a Walmart. He wasn't wearing his toupee either. <laughs> like he just he just comes for people's necks. Just saw and the Tony only, and Gillen at ninety nine. <laughs> was the only positive one is just saw Jay Wright at Whole Foods. That that's it. That there's no second sentence. It's just saying. Uh, it's just saying like that. Just he looks saw healthy. Andy Enfield sleeping outside of Burger King, half eaten burger and a bottle of McGillicuddy's by his feet. <laughs> this is why Frax Bowls and Bit Steelers is the world's only Tony Patelis fan podcast. True story. True story. You know what we need to do now? What do we need to do now? Talk about the next conference. CBI Bracketology. Now! <laughs> okay. Jonathan, say the line. <laughs> the father of Rob Pastor. Friend of Tom Green, <laughs> CPI bracketologist. If you don't know, that was Tony's bio for a while. For a while. Yeah, and, a that, while. Was, and, and that was like, Jonathan and I would text that to each other like every day. Every day. Well, my. I said I, it I, to him in Hebrew. I tried to get a the other going. The other day, you texted me it in Chinese, and I had to My response was, I don't even need to put this into Google Translate. <laughs> Um, I tried to get a Tom Crean bit going every time a college football job opened up. I only ended up doing for Alabama and Michigan, but I would just tweet like, Alabama should hire Tom Crean. I saw him at a Starbucks. Oh. Unironically, I saw him two days before the national championship. I saw Tom Crean at a Starbucks. I nearly told Tony. I should have told him, just saw Tom Crean at a Starbucks. He was fighting the barista. <laughs> <laughs> no, but he was there, and I talked to him. It was awesome. Nothing will. Nothing. I'm sure he gets recognized all the time in Philly. Nothing no, it was, in, it was in Connecticut because he lives around here because he works for ESPN. Right, right, right. Nothing will beat when. By the way, uh, tremendous Cole, color commentator. Oh yeah. Nothing will beat when Cole tweeted that uh, 
Parrish was a candidate for the Alabama job. Yeah. <laughs> and they, they opened with that. And then, like, the best part of it, it was like they had to address it on, like, the next eye on college basketball. And they opened podcast. it. They opened with it. And Paris was just like, yeah, I'm not leaving uh, CBS Sports to go coach football. Gary yeah. Parrish is the man. Yes. He's on one of us. Basketball is our favorite podcast. We, we say this all the time. Outside of this one. Yeah. They don't, they don't, talk, they don't talk about um, – Travis Ford drinking windshield wiper fluid outside of <laughs> sheets. Outside of Boardwalk Hall. Yeah. Okay, I think we need to get to our next conference. So come. The A-10. Uh, A-10 tournament doesn't come out until next week. Yeah, I was going to say. Uh, McNeese State, I feel like this is kind of a uh, – What conference do you think we're talking about? Wait, no. Southern Conference and SoCon are not the same. No, they are the same. They are the same. The Southland and the SoCon are not the same. Oh, yeah, yeah, my bad. Samford, Samford. I got them twisted. It's Samford. It was always Samford. We're going to have to take him off for that. <laughs> uh, last last you, month. Pat, you have to show me the magic word. In, in Not not in the chat with your, with your hand. Yes. What did he do? <laughs> exactly what he did, Jonathan. I threw it. I chucked the horns down. Okay, uh, good. Actually, that was not what it was, but it should have been. Um, yeah, it's Samford, right? It's got to be. It's always been Samford. Okay, it's always that's been the Bulldogs. Sam you, Sam, you know this. This is that's that's not the team I've been saying for the last month and a half. It's the best team in that league. You said Furman, right? I'm taking UNC Greensboro. When have you talked about UNC Greensboro? Dude, I've said 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 after they beat um what's it called? After they beat them that I thought they were still the best team in that league. I don't ever remember you talking about You're sorry, sorry. After they bit after they took out Western Carolina on the road. Dude. That was over a month ago. I'm aware, and that's when I said it. They're 6 and 5 since then. I don't care. I'm taking UNC Greensboro. I love that. I love that cognitive dissonance. I respect that. I like. Sanford. I'm a man. Of my, I'm a man of my word. Respect. I like Sanford. I think they're the most talented in terms of just going deep into a bench. They have so many guys. They play so fast. It's just such a shock to play them on a one day scout. I know that these teams have seen these teams, but it's going to be so difficult to play them on a one day scout. This is going to be one of the best. Mid-major tournaments, in my opinion. Pat? Yeah, Sanford. Their offense is just way too fast for, for, for that. A Brackets, Bubbles, and Bitch Steelers co-host will be in attendance on Wednesday when a team appears in their first ever Division One conference tournament against last year's Cinderella darling of the entire country in East Syracuse as LeMoyne takes on FDU, I will be in attendance. Yes. Fins up. Fins Go up. Dolphins. Go Dolphins. You'll never hear me say that during the fall. Or the Bills. I don't talk about I, – I, I've never said that, like, I like the Bills on here. I know. You're, you're anti-Bills. I'm anti-Travis Ford. Once they hire somebody else, maybe I'll say that I like the Bills. Um. NEC, I feel like as a Connecticut native, it's only right that I pick 
it's only right that I pick Central Connecticut, but I'm going to go with Joe Gallagher, with Joe Gallo and the Merrimack. You almost said Joe Gallagher. I almost did. Speaking of John Gallagher, that's a legend, another CT legend right there. Yes, he is. Good friend, friend, friend of this show, I feel like. Friend of the program, John Gallagher. He's a character. If you've never sat in an interview with John Gallagher, man, you have not lived. He spoke. He spoke to my class last year. Really? What class? Yes. It was. Uh, it was an intercession class. So it was only like a week long, and it was business of sports. And he came in. It was the day he got the Manhattan job. So as soon as he left the class, I looked at my phone. <laughs> That's crazy. I, I looked at my phone. Manhattan hires John Gallagher. It was Rothstein. And I was like, oh, my God, I could have had this scoop. <laughs> and I didn't. No I one would have believed you. Okay. What, well, what, I also, I also got the What did he talk call. about to you? He, uh, it, was, it was Final Four week, and he was like, I think San Diego State matches up really well with UConn. They play with unmatched intensity. And his <laughs> eyes were glued open. And he brought his son back. <laughs> He brought his son Jack, who I was like his counselor at basketball camp for the last like four years. There's only one thing that he cares more about than basketball. It's his his kids. kids. It's it's Michaela. It's Michaela and Jack. Yeah, and he's. I think I'm. I'm not going to say this on air. Yeah, it's not Uh, about the kids. It's not about the kids. I know what you're going to talk about. Yeah. yeah. Um. Um. Anyways, he is a nut and. Our Sam and I's share friend texts Detroyer, asks him a question about how slower teams like Virginia always get beat. Co-host of the pulled fly ball. And uh, former co-manager of the Avon Old Farmers football team with me, uh, Tex Detroyer. He asked John Gallagher a question about how Virginia loses games because they play so slow. And Gal just goes, like, look at the look at me right now. He just goes. It just leans in so uncomfortably. When Gal doesn't know what to say, when Gal doesn't know what to say, he pauses forever. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Pete Janney asked him about the free throw discrepancy in a game earlier this year, and I was there. 46 seconds before he formulated an answer. Did you time it? Pete did. Um, And... Because like he tr- he's trying it. to start an answer. I'll play it for you right now. I, I I will. He um he was wearing his green suit that day. No, not that day. No, no. I'm saying I'm saying it the day he came to Avon. He was wearing oh, really? his green suit. The he one that he wore green... against UConn. Yes, yes. He was wearing his green suit. Remarkable. He is the I the first time I had met him. The Phillies had just advanced to the NLCS. He was he was at my friend's house because he was good friends with their dad. And he kept trying to give me tickets. He, you know, it's John here Gallagher. It is, here it is, here it is, here it is. Um, <laughs> you know, I think... Um, you know, I think it's one of the, it's one of the, been head coach 13 years. 
It's one of the strangest things I've seen. But I'll say this. Um, the referees weren't the reason we lost. Um, but... Uh, Love this man. It's... Uh, we have to look, I mean... I have to really watch the tape. So that's that's what I would say. You know, I don't know how, how many fouls did they have. They, uh, they had 13 fouls. Yep. No notes. It's perfect. He's insane. All right. By the way. I'm, gl- I'm glad, by the way, that he took 46 seconds to come up with the officials weren't the reason we lost the game. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, that's just we have not we, even talked a second about the NEC. I was about to say I'm with Pat on this one. I'm thinking Merrimack. Damn, I thought I was. I, I thought I thought there would be at least one person that didn't take Merrimack. No, I, so I now they're like, not going to win. Merrimack's clearly the best team in this league. Yeah, yeah. Haven't seen them in person. Saw Central in person three times. Love them. I'm going to be honest with you. Pat you, Sellers you, might You win. also saw Long Island in, in person. You're not picking them up. Three times. Three times. Wow. They're going to be late to the conference tournament. So. <laughs> <laughs> I saw Central in person three times. I think for any team that scouts them, they're going to be incredibly predictable. I think there's a chance they're out before the final. Ooh. Now, I think Merrimack's predictable, too, on the defensive end. But they've proven over and over again that, they, that they'll just beat you regardless. And I don't think they're as predictable on offense. I think Central knows what they want to get to late in games. And I think LeMoyne kind of cracked the code on how to stop it. I think LeMoyne could beat them. And I think FDU can beat them. I would be fairly surprised if Central won the league. I think it's probably most likely Merrimack. Maybe second most likely Sacred Heart. I would agree with that. I'd say if the, if it's chalk, the real championship is that second semifinal. And that's nothing against Central. I think they're tremendous. I, I think they're really good. And I, I wouldn't be totally surprised. I would be a little surprised. But honestly, Wagner, and Wagner can beat Sacred Heart. I think the 3-6 game can go either way. The 4-5 can go either way. The 1-4 can go either way. I'm not too sure the 2-6 can, but the 2-3 can. By the way, did you see the Ohio Valley bracket? In You know how it's structured, right? It's WCC-pilled. Yeah. Yeah. Which is like... like, I mean, if you're a fan of like... Just like... If you're just like a champ week sicko, you hate this. But like... It's what every mid-major league should be doing. I'm a champ week sicko. If every mid-major Actually, league, I'm more than a champ week sicko. I'm a fucking 365 day a year sicko. Yeah, you are. It's yeah. Hey, hey, hey! You it's are. Not a bad thing. You've had multiple conversations with Tony Stubblefield. You are too. Yeah, but that's because I would see him over the summer, and he would remember me from years past. You didn't have to talk to him. I wanted to talk to him. He's a good guy. He's Tony Stubblefield. You, <laughs> you're telling me. No, no, no. If you're telling me. If, no, no, no. Sam, if you're telling me that Tony Stubblefield walks into a room, remembers you, ask, hey, how are you doing? Blah, 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 blah. Come have a seat with me. Like, let's catch I'm up. I'm not blah, blah, blah. saying you shouldn't have done it. I'm just saying. 
you had a conversation with him, you cannot say you're not a sicko. I know I'm not a sicko, but I think there's levels to this. You said you're not a sicko. No, no, I am a sicko. Okay, I am a sicko. That's it. That's it. We're good. But you are like, flash the sign, Pat. No, the first one. Yes, do it on air. Everybody. <laughs> yes, <laughs> tremendous work. Anyway. To the Ohio Valley. Western State did, did not get a top two seed, and I think Little Rock straight up the best team in this conference. Western Illinois yeah. is really good, though. I would pick Western if they were the three to come out of the bottom. I think they're better than UT Martin. <laughs> but give me Little Rock. They are the best team in this league. They have been since um, whichever Mitchell twin is there got back. I always forget which Mitchell it's, twin it's is Mikkel. there. Mikel. Mikel, yeah. Um, they have Jalen Crocker Johnson and KK Robinson as well. Who I really like. I'm, t- I'm torn on this one. I'm really torn. Like, I still think Moorhead's really good, but I'm not sure how good I think Moorhead is. I mean, I, I want to. G- I-, I will say this: if Moorhead was able to get the win at Assembly Hall. You could not talk me out of picking them. But uh, yes, where? you could. IU is trash. Oh, at Assembly Hall. Because like if a they had one at Indiana, you could not have talked me out of picking them. But Sam, I think I'll agree with you and take Little Rock here. They should have won that game, by the way. Yeah, Little, the Little Indiana Rock fans absolutely rolling. The Indiana fans are big fans of Sam Fetterman. No, they love I think him. we can all agree that High Point is going to win the um, Big South. Yes. You're definitive on that? I'm quite certain. I, I It's like, I'd probably say it's like 45% they win, 30% Asheville, 25% somebody. No, 50%, 30%, 20 Yeah, I mean, I just remember you telling me, like saying something a couple weeks ago. Like for the record, I'm picking high point too, but I just remember you saying something like a week or two ago about how you thought Asheville may be as good as them. I then watched High Point again and like it's not a gimmick. They're that good. Yeah. Like they, they have three like legit potential high major guards in um Duke Miles. Um high major caliber guards. Um be very clear there. So I'm not I'm pissing anybody off. No speculating. No yeah. speculating. We do not speculate on brackets, bubbles, and mid stealers. Um, High Point has three um, legit guards. Um, if you consider Kamani Hamilton a guard, he's more of a wing, um, wing forward. But it's Kamani Hamilton, Keza Jiffa, and um, Duke Miles, and they all have eligibility left. If they come back to High Point next year, I will have High Point as a preseason top 50 team. Uh, Kamani Hamilton wow. played. Kamani Hamilton played one of the greatest halves of basketball ever. Shout out Brian Wilmer; he was there. Yeah, I mean high point, high points offenses. Oh, and not to mention they got um, especially because they're probably going to bring back if they bring back those three, they'll probably also. And this is a school that's loaded in terms of money. Loaded. So they'll they'll have the NIL to do this. They can also. North- bring- what do you say? Well, I was just say a lot of Northeastern money there. Uh, one of the guys from Apple went there. Yeah, and you know oh, they have um, 
they they also have um Justin Bodo Bodo, who's a freshman. Yeah. They're he's really good. This is this team is 321st of Division One experience. They could yeah. bring theoretically their entire team except for Bryson Childress, who plays 5.1% of the minutes back next year. I, I would rank them in the top 50. And the power and the power 100 top 50. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think high point across the board. It, it, it's they're the best team in the league. Yeah. It, it's not. It's not close. I just saw what you DMs me, Jonathan. Oh, it was hilarious, dude. <laughs> send, send, so it, send it to Pat. What is it? <laughs> it's, it's a tweet from Jim Root. It's all you need to know. Did you also see that? Um, that um, you you replied to it, but Pat, did you see the the tweet where the guy um, posted the picture of the Villanova fan and said "would," and then somebody replied and said "saw her closer, you would not." Well, how about the Providence fans the other day with the with, with the Marquette compliance officer? <laughs> Dude. Well, I mean, we about talked about it in the group chat. We talked about it in the group chat. What the hell is up with them this year, man? The, the Providence, Twitter, depending on your on crack. The Providence College Basketball Church is unholy. The things Dude, they no. do there is foul. Yeah. Depending, yeah. depending on your thoughts on this, they are either the best Twitter fan base in the world or the worst Twitter fan base. Good, John. What were you talking? What were you saying? What I was gonna say is, how about the Providence fans the other day could, could be used in like a billion different contexts on a weekly basis? <laughs> yeah. Well, when uh, Jalen Harrell, who I I know he's from he's from Massachusetts, like sick prospect in the class of twenty twenty five, sent his top like six list to you guys. It was like, oh, big time prospect. You look at the comments, Friar, 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 Friar. There's 80 times, 80 comments that just say the word Friar, and then the other 40 from Providence fans are thank you. Like, they're <laughs> insane. They're <laughs> insane. But they're so fun. Like, I used to hate them. I used to. Well, hate I hated them. them two years ago when I thought their team was terrible. <laughs> well, they, I, I had them losing in the first round to South Dakota State. I thought, oh, don't that was, oh, no, Pat. That's Pat. the ultimate. Tra- that was the ultimate trap game. It was. And Providence, luck, luck ball, luck college basketball, the analytics hated them. And they won every game. Drove me nuts. Dude, I, dude we talked about that every day on the podcast that year. It, it, it was so annoying. They kept winning. It was like the number one topic of brackets, Mobiles, and Bitsteelers two years ago. Dude, they would, it, it's like half one side of it was like, Oh yeah, like watch them keep moving down in Ken Palm, and the other side was like, "Oh, what freaking problem is the their home arena going to have today?" Yeah, when it kept leaking, that was awesome. <laughs> all right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. We have more conference tournaments to Wood. The Patriot League, bra- okay, we 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 really don't have to discuss this. <laughs> That's angle. Is anyone what? not picking Colgate? <laughs> Um, I'm picking Loyola of Maryland. Tavares Hardy, yeah. Uh, By the way, the only reason I know Tavares Hardy's name, he's probably getting fired soon. Oh my god! Coleman Crawley, the number one Colgate fan. Think Loyola was going to open? I said yes. He's been there a while. He's never won anything. What does your friend at K 
Cal Poly think about the job opening? Oh, he said he has no idea. (laughs) (laughs) He goes in the chat and just goes, this is important. (laughs) It was. (laughs) The only reason I said that is because Sam was like, yeah, he doesn't care at all. (laughs) Uh, He he goes, I texted my friend, who I know doesn't care, and he shockingly does not care. Hey, there's a reason I texted it. If he cared, he would have texted me. By, by the way, by the way, I know we're all picking Colgate, but like, and I know they've stumbled down the stretch here and lost their last stumbled. four. But like, they lost like what? What? They lost like twice? No, 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 no. I was talking about Lafayette. Oh, no. Lafayette's not that good. I wanted to just shout them out because, you know, Coach McGarvey was on the podcast. Oh, yeah. Coach McGarvey's great. Love him. But unfortunately, I think their team isn't all that great. Yeah. I mean, they They're lost gonna... their finals. They lost six out of their last seven. It was a lot of close games, but regression hit them like a trap. Every game is close. Their wins were close. One thing will lead to another, and they'll probably end up stumbling into the Patriot League final again. I don't know. We got that. We got that rivalry matchup in round one: Lafayette Lehigh. It's gonna be fun. In Shout out Spart- if I were home, I would go. Did you- Shout Sam, out to Sam. You were texting Farmington me about Lehigh like last week, right? I think they lost two in a row since then. Well, so did they? Did, was it just like one of those weird things where the middle of the league so close because Colgate dominates everyone? Yeah, but like they Lehigh had won five in a row after they beat Lafayette last week. Yeah, that I knew. We all know who Coleman Crawley is going to pick in this league. All right, guys. I think we all know who everyone's going to pick in this. Do league. we have any other takeaways from across the country? Alabama uh, uh, held a team under ninety. Princeton's awesome. Yeah, Gonzaga's pretty cool. Uh, yeah. Tennessee hold Tennessee holding Alabama to one point oh one points per possession was the most impressive thing I saw today. Um, I thought Omar Stanley was the most impressive thing I saw today. He was all over the court. He is the best player on this Boise State team. And imagine if St. Why can't St. John's get guys like that? He's not slow laterally. <laughs> <laughs> I, my favorite thing ever is looking at St. John's last year and just looking at the guys they have. And the yep. fact that Patino gets there immediately pushes all of them away. Dude, like Except that team is – that team, like just take those guys, might be better than the team they have. I, I actually – It's not might. It's not, it's not might. They, they would definitely be better than the team they have. What's yeah, the line? I don't think so. What's the line, Sam? You made the sandwich? Yes, you made the sandwich. Lamont Paris, National Coach of the Year. That, unfortunately, goes to Amir Abdurrahim. As good as yes, Lamont it does. Shout out to the American Conference. Yes, shout out to South Florida, because South Florida today won their 14th game in a row. They are 20-1 and one in their last 21 games. My least. They my least won the outright American Conference title. Do you know how much that would have paid out at the beginning of the season? No. I don't either. (laughs) (laughs) My least favorite player. All I'm going to say is they were my sleeper in the league. My sleeper. I liked them too. My sleeper was North Texas, but I liked them too. Someone in this podcast had South Florida in their top 100. You're gonna, you're you're gonna, you're gonna parade on that all year long as if you. Why, why, Why wouldn't I? Kayshawn Pryor, 
on South Florida, my least favorite player in the country. Why is that? <laughs> Where did that come from? <laughs> because he's like an 18% three-point shooter. They come up to play Temple, close game down the stretch. He goes four for five from three and hits a step back 34-footer to put the game on ice. I've <laughs> never been more angry. Ever. He was a 39% three-point shooter in conference. Who am I play. thinking of then? He wasn't 18%. There's someone that's remarkably bad. He might have been 18% going into that game, but he it went was. four for five in that game. It was. And he's, he been... Went... He's, been, he's been money since. So maybe he was just off to an awful start in conference play. But, I mean, I was furious. So this is a college basketball podcast that has spent about 20 minutes of the uh, of the 90 today talking about college basketball. I'm going to be honest. It feels like we've been on here for like three hours. <laughs> yeah. We're halfway there. All right. Other things I noticed today. Again, UMass isn't a team that nobody wants to face in, um, in Brooklyn. Highest Ken Palm for them since 2014. Shout out Frank Martin. Good win for uh, Purdue against Michigan State. So a lot of people shit talking them on Twitter today. Purdue or Michigan State? Purdue, because they were losing. Oh, big whoop. Yeah, exactly. Um, Shout out to the backcourt of Dewan Gordon and Philip Russell. UT Arlington has won five in a row. (laughs) I I knew you were going to find a way to bring them up. Were you even watching when that bit was No, I wasn't, but you were talking about it in the group chat today, and I figured once it was mentioned that you would have to bring it up today. They're they're a pit now. You know who's currently the fourth seed in the ACC? Yes, I do. Pat, the fourth? Who's the fourth fourth seed? Yes. Is it the Syracuse Lions? (laughs) It is. It's the Syracuse Orange, baby. This the league bubble. sucks so much. If Syracuse can get Syracuse, all they need to do is beat Clemson and have I think Wake lose a game. Hey, Jonathan, why don't you stick to talking about Missouri Valley Conference <laughs> basketball? <laughs> oh my God, that was so uncalled for. And then he goes. <laughs> And then he goes, what does that have to do with the original argument? Having this, having a picture of me earlier this year sitting three feet away from Judah Mintz was like the greatest thing ever. Yeah. Judah yeah. Mintz, not even close. The ACC player of the year. He would not be that guy. Has he even been the ACC player of the week once? Hold on. Judah Mintz. ACC player of the week. He was rookie of the week last year. Yeah. yeah. Who's been rookie of the week this year? Braden Shrewsbury a few times. I mean, Marcus Burton and McCain. Probably of like all of them. Has my guy, Kerry Booth, done a whole lot? I'm going to. Hand up. I have not paid attention to Notre Dame basketball. Uh, I, I think he's had a good year. I, I was really high on him. The projection is clearly like, there. Oh, yeah. He'll be a great All NBA right. Player. We, 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 we got to end this before any more bullshit. <laughs> Let's be honest here. My turn? 
I think it's your turn, Jonathan. You can take All right, if you came to hear about Tyler Self's job and where he's currently working, you came to the right place. You, you can throw in a few, by the way, for this time. If you came to hear about Wawa, if you came to hear about freaking Philadelphia basketball arenas, uh, what, what else was there today? Holy if you God. came to hear about John Gallagher, if you came to hear John Gallagher waiting 45 seconds, you came to the right place. If you came it, to hear about Horns Down, you always can't. We can put that in permanently. If you came to hear about Horns um, Down, you came to the right place. Let, could I throw one in there? If you came to it. hear Sam Fetterman yell at me for calling him Caleb Love, you came to the I knew you were gonna do that. Not a dude. He keeps doing All right, it. If you it's not came, fun. If you came to hear about Caleb Grill and what he's up to and his whereabouts, you came to the right place. This is season four, episode 50 of Brackets, Bubbles, and Bid Stealers. Yes, folks, we hit the half century mark today. We will see you next time. <laughs>